Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors are so glad that you're with us, especially if you're watching uh, for the very first time. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're in here for the very first time. We always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. I'm going to have to learn what three times is in Spanish. I feel like I need to learn more languages. It's one of my new, say, help me with that real quick. What is it? What? Thres? Vestus? Vestus with a V? Vestus? Thres Vestus. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm international now, so uh, I'm learning. I'm trying. Uh, but man, so glad everybody's here. We all invite our guests to come back three times. Here's why. Here's why. I know when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. One of my, my highlights is that we were able to come back and check us out a few times. You never know, uh, you know, what the service is like. Sometimes it's not raining in San Antonio, which it feels like it's been raining for, how many of y'all feel like that? Like it's been raining for 10 years. And so I'm done with the rain and I want the sun to come back. So I'm believing God. Let's just all by faith believe next week we're going to have some sun. Everybody say sun. Okay. Lord, you heard our prayer. We desire it. Please. You're a good God. So hopefully that'll happen. But, uh, so glad you're with us. Hey, if you're watching online, do me a favor, like, comment, or share, or maybe even leave a review. It helps us kind of get through some of those social media algorithms. If you're here in person, which, man, we have had such great attendance, like people coming back to church. I've been feeling good, and so I'm excited. So it's a packed house today, and if you're in here, uh, take your phone out. Yeah, you can have your phone in church. Lee, uh, let people know on Facebook or on Insta uh, or whatever you're at, you know, TikTok something right now. Just let them know I'm in church, and you need to be in church, and so we're going to have a good time today. Today, we started a brand new series today called Summer arise because I'm, I love the summertime. I love the sun. And uh, we're going to have a good time just walking through the summer and really picking out uh, different topics and, and uh, themes and concepts of what uh, just we want to kind of talk about in the summertime. A lot of times what I do is I pick like kind of my favorite topics, if that's okay. I kind of get a little selfish if I'm, I'm being honest. I get a little selfish because I think about and I pray and I ask God, God, what would you have me teach your people? By the way, you are not my people. Side note, this is not my church. Uh, I'm the chief steward of this church, which just means I get to take all the blame and y'all get all the credit. So that's good. That's good. Uh, but you're God's people. This is God's church. And so every time I come to this platform, I consider it an honor. I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't belong here. I, I, I deserve death, hell, and the grave. But God is so good that he gives me the grace to come up here and speak on his behalf. And so I preach that way. And I asked him, I said, Go, Lord, I said, what, what would you have me preach to your people today? And he gave me a word that I felt like um, um, was, was relevant for our time. But it's, it's, also, it's also relevant for those of you. We have so many new people coming from different backgrounds and religions and denominations. And we're, a, we're an everybody church. So, you know, you get a lot of types of people who come from different histories. And if you're not careful, people like me can ruin your relationship with God. Pastors who have good intentions can read this book and teach you things, and with their good intentions, teach it in the wrong way, and then it can set you off to having a rough relationship with God. And the reason that happens is because we're human, and I'm not perfect, and I'm gonna make a mistake. And if I haven't offended you yet, just give it five minutes. And 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 there's gonna be a moment where I'm gonna come on, like we got we're not perfect, and so. What I thought would be good today is to talk about one of my favorite topics, um, one of my favorite things to release and help people, free people from um, in their burdens and their relationship with God is this topic of law and grace. 
the topic of law and grace, or what some people would say, rules and relationship. And the reason I do this is because I talk to people regularly as a pastor. And I don't know if you're like, if you're, you might not know this because some of you, maybe you're a pastor, but most of you might not be pastors. And when people ask me what I'm doing or what I do for a living, I try to avoid saying a pastor right off the bat. Be, be, be honest. Because anytime I say I'm a pastor, come on, how many of y'all know? It all of a sudden it changes who they are. They're like, oh. So, and, and sometimes they get meaner or, or sometimes they get nicer. But you don't really ever get the genuine version of who they are. And one time I was on a plane and I was talking to somebody and he goes, what do you do? And I, I said, hey, I'm a pastor. And he goes, he goes, man, and he said this to me. It broke my heart. And he said, he said, I can't be a Christian. This is what he said. He said, I can't be a Christian. I said, why? Why, why, can't, you, why can't you? He said, man, I can never keep up with all the rules to be good for God. And I said, man, I said, I feel you. I said, man, I understand. I mean, well, what he heard, what he was saying is, is that, his, his, his flavor of Christianity and what somebody told him about God was that, that, that God's grace and God's relationship and God's favor, come on, God's, God, God's, God's love for you is reserved for the rule followers. I mean, that's sort of, kind of what we teach. It's kind of, we, we, good intentioned, we're trying to teach you things about the Bible and God's perfect way of living. And what it comes off as good intentions uh, can become off as bad theology. And, 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 and the, the problem is, is it leads to three types of people. Um, you, you, could, you could be in your, here's how it affects you. Because if you're not a Christian in here, it keeps you, um, it keeps you, uh, it makes you stay away from God. Because you think, I cannot fulfill. It's what that guy said. I cannot fulfill all the rules so that I can be in relationship with God. Or if you're a Christian in here, it could actually actually give you anxiety and fear about God who looks like Zeus in a cloud somewhere with lightning bolts ready to get you if you don't do his rules. And so it doesn't maybe make you stay away. Maybe you're a Christian, but you obey so that you can stay. Or maybe you're in here, and this is some of you, maybe you're watching online, you walked away from God. Maybe you were non-Christian, then you became a Christian, and then you left Christianity because you, you realized that the rules were actually the reason that you strayed away. Because you realized, there's no way I can keep up with this amazing God who's incredibly perfect. And so you start to believe the lie that, God's relationship is reserved for the rule followers. Here's the funny part about it, though. If you're honest in here, if you might, okay. It's actually easier to be a rule follower than a Jesus follower. It is. I'll prove it to you. Um, Isn't it easy to be a Christian on Sunday morning inside church? I'm like, hey, well, we're Christian. We're, we're Christian people together. Like, we, we in this. We're, God's good. But I've just noticed that, like, when I'm at, at work... And somebody does me wrong, it's easy for me not to be a Christian there. I've noticed it's easy. Jesus would do this all the time when he was on the earth. He'd walk around and he would mess around with people with the law. And so he says things. One time he said something. It was funny. He goes, he goes, you know, the law says you shouldn't cheat on your wife. And everybody's like, well, that's a good idea. You know, and all the ladies say amen. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's like, yeah, don't you cheat on me. Um, and so Jesus goes, well, that's good. And you can keep that rule. That's probably a good rule to keep. It's fairly easy. But I'm going to tell you that if you look at a woman lustfully, you're cheating on her. And so now you have a, dis- come on, now you have a choice. I can follow the law and I can be a Pharisee or I can follow Jesus and I can be a disciple. And honestly, it's really easy to just follow the rules. It's really easy because you don't really need to love God to follow his rules. 
Have you noticed that? Like I can try, like I don't, when I don't steal and I don't kill and I don't covet, I mean, I can do those things without having a relationship with God and God didn't give you his rules so that you can just follow the rules and be good. Why did God give us those rules? I'm going to talk about that today. So before we get started, I'm going to pray and uh, we're going to walk into, I just want to talk to you a little bit about today. I'm going to ruffle some feathers in here. I really am. I'm going to, I have a, I have a thing. Josh, you know this about me. I have a thing. I like to ruffle the religious feathers of people. And so like, if you're a religious person, you're not going to like today and that's okay. I'm going to love you. Jesus loves you. It's all good. Group hug. Um, if you're not a religious person, I'm going to find the one parts of your body that you are religious in today. And I'm going to kind of poke you a little bit. Why? Here's why. The whole point of today, I want you to see God's rules for who, what they really are and what they're supposed to be in our life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for today. God, help me speak your word with clarity, God, with grace, with love and kindness. Lord Jesus, you are, you are the, 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 the reason we are here. And Holy Spirit, you take these words today, God. Do something with us today in Jesus' name. Anybody say it? Amen. How many of y'all, okay, we're going to have some fun in here real quick before I make you mad, I'm going to make you happy. Uh, how many of y'all in here are, are rule, by nature, you're all rule followers. Raise your hand. Come on, like I follow the rule. Come on, like you're happy and you're proud. Lift them up. Like you put deodorant on because that's a rule in my house. You put, okay, you got a rule follower. All right, now, come on now. You got the other people up in here. Give me, give me some love if you use some rule breakers. I mean, come on, if you're a rule breaker, just raise your hand. You'll be like, that's me, Pastor. I'm happy about it. I ain't ashamed. I'm, I'm just excited. Like when, they, Okay, good. Come on, we got a couple of them. We got, come on, like you're happy. Come on, y'all got to be a brotherhood, a sisterhood up in here. Come on, like, y'all got like, I'm a part of the fraternity of rule breaking. Awesome. All right, let me give you an insight to rule followers. Okay, I'm going to bring you guys together. I'm going to be like a Christian counselor and help bring insight to each of you and understand. I'm going to bring insight to the rule followers of the world because there's some things that you rule breakers do that irritate us, us, me. I'm a rule follower that irritate us and make us crazy. And if this is what, if this makes you crazy, then just make some noise. Let me know if this is you because this is me. Um, how many of y'all just drives you crazy when someone, like, uh, when you look over and you're, you go to a four-way stop and somebody pulls up, you got there first. <laughs> they pull to the stop. They don't even stop. They California stop and they roll through. And you're like, I was here. I was stopped. You rolled up, act like you were there first. You didn't even stop, and you kept going, right? Come on, rule followers. Y'all feel me in that, okay? There's a rule that they, they broke. Um, how many of y'all do that? Like when you're stuck in traffic, come on, San Antonio is getting worse with traffic. We're stuck in traffic, and some person has the dacity, not the audacity, the dacity <laughs> to drive up on the curb, right, and pass everybody who's waiting in line. We're following the rules, all you rule breakers are like, yeah, did that get to church, Pastor? I was late. <laughs> How many of y'all, this, this is the worst line cutters. Like you standing in line and somebody just walks up and they get up in line. They turn around, they do that like, oh, I didn't see y'all waiting. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I'm standing here with 8,000 other people, six feet distance apart, with my mask on, can't breathe. And you walking up. You see, feel it? I'm sorry I came out wrong. How, what about the people who go to the 10 items or less line with 27 items? Anybody else just frustrated about that? Like, it's on a sign. They made a sign for this. 
They paid money so that you didn't walk up in that line. And sometimes I'll be in the other line. I'll be looking. I'm like, you got got 27 items. (laughs) 27 items. They're like, what? I'm like, I don't know. Somebody over there was screaming. How about y'all with the uh, the t- people who tear off the tags off the mattresses and the 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 pillows? Do you know it says don't tear the mattress tag? Like it says don't do that. Maybe the worst. Maybe the worst. Um, and this is this is this is a heartbreaking one, right? And so um, sometimes I'll be pulling up in the parking lot, and and you know there's special spots for things, and shopping carts have special spots. And I just think that, like, sometimes when you be, like, driving up, and, and just recently I was over at uh, Target, you know, I was walking in, getting, uh, you know, some soap, some items, and I pulled up, and there was a front parking spot, and there was a shopping cart right in the middle of the front parking spot, and uh, one of our staff members, she's, like, is anti that, and so what I do on a regular basis is I take pictures of shopping carts in the middle of the, <laughs> and I send them to her, and she gets so mad, I mean, because, and Why? 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 Because she's a rule follower. Rules are not meant to be broken. They're meant to be followed. But some of you don't believe that, right? Some of y'all, y'all, I just made that list. And you're like, I do every single one of those things. <laughs> I didn't know there was anything wrong. I thought that's how you live life, right? But what's funny about rules, you know, when I think of rules, though, I, I tend to think of Christianity, too. Because, you know, how I grew up, I grew up in a, in a world where rules were, were rules and you, you had to follow them. And the reason you followed them is because if you didn't follow them, God got you. You know, and, and one of the most famous rules in all of the world and maybe all of human history are the Ten Commandments. And um, I saw a funny poll from USA Today, and it was about um, uh, the Ten Commandments. And they, they asked, they said, how many, they were trying to figure out how much of America knows the Ten Commandments. And so they asked a series of questions. They wanted to see what people actually knew. So they, they, the poll came out like this. It said 35% of Americans can recall all six Brady kids. All of them. Anybody, can anybody name all the Brady kids? Anybody? Come on. And nobody's willing to admit it if they want to raise your hand. We've got one. Okay, great. 25% can name all of the ingredients of a Big Mac and a McDonald's. McDonald's Big Mac. Come on, how many y'all know that? Y'all remember the song? Uh, what is it? To all beef, patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, uh, soy sauce. On a se- what is it? On sesame seed bun. Oh, there you go. You know it too. Is that Burger King? Okay. Well, they, well, the interesting ones, they said 14% can name the, the Ten Commandments. 14. And I thought it was interesting because I'm like, you know, it's not just the idea of knowing the Ten Commandments. You know, some of us reject them. It's like hard to receive and accept the idea that God would even have rules. Now, I want to show you the Ten Commandments. What's going to be funny, today's message is on the Ten Commandments. But here's what's funny about it. We're not going to read them. Because there's great sermons about the Ten Commandments. If you want to go find a sermon about the Ten Commandments, there's a lot of them. And most of my childhood, inside of the church I grew up in, it was like always the Ten Commandments. It was like, you do this. If you don't do this, you're toast. That was kind of how it worked. And I was like, okay. So I heard a lot about the Ten Commandments. But we never talked about the context of the Ten Commandments. I'm going to give you the context today. I'm going to give you the reason why we even have the rules. Because you might be misunderstanding the reason why God would even put them on this earth. Now, I want to give you something about the Bible. So when you read the Bible, by the way, first thing you, you should be careful about with the Bible is that you, you don't want to read the Bible without context, number one. Number two, you don't want to read the Bible without intent. And so what, what I mean by that is that you have to have some intention on how you're going to read this Bible. There's some what they call hermeneutics or ways to study scripture and read the Bible so that you can fully process and understand what's going on. And one of the principles inside of scripture that you learn, even when you're in Bible college, 
when you're first learning how to read the Bible, it's called the law of first mention. And what that means is, is that when you, anytime you see the Bible mention something for the very first time, it sets the tone for the rest of Scripture on how it's supposed to be used. And so inside of the Bible, we're going to learn and find the first area and the first time that God reveals his perfect way of living, his rules. It's in Exodus chapter 20. If you have that, you turn to it real quick, but we're not going to read it yet. I'm going to give you some context. So Exodus chapter 20 is between the 1400 and 1200 B.C. Um, The context of it is here is so that, uh, you know, Abraham is giving a promise. He says, you're going to be a father of many nations. And so it winds up becoming a a kind of a clan of 45 living in a foreign land who was taken by a foreign uh, uh, foreign adversary. They're living in a foreign land. There's a clan of about 45 Israelites, and they turn into about three and a half million. Now, what's interesting about this is that if you're the king or what they call the Pharaoh at the time, the Israelites were living with Pharaoh. They grow to three and a half million people. He starts to get nervous because if you are governing three and a half million people and you're governing like he is governing, which he was kind of like a God king is how he popped himself up. He didn't want this foreign adversary that he had just conquered that grew to such a size to maybe even garner together strength from an enemy of his and then take him over. So what do you do when you want to keep people under your thumb? You enslave them. And so he puts his three and a half, three and a half million people in slavery, the Israelites. He starts treating them terrible. And the Bible actually prophesies this for 430 years. They're in slavery. And Moses walks in. Enter Moses, right? Charlton Heston walks in with his red robe. Moses enters in. Y'all seen the movie. He walks up to, Mo, he walks up to Pharaoh. And he does what only Moses can do. And he says, he says the famous statement that you know and I know. And you don't even need to be a Christian to know this. What he says. He says, let my people. What do they go? Go. Yeah. They said, let my people go. So he walks up to Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't do it. He doesn't listen. Has a bunch of plagues, which is really God's mockery of their kings and their gods at the time. He does a plague. A bunch of plagues go on. Eventually, Pharaoh gets the hint. Hey, these are God's people. He lets them go. And we get to this uh, moment where he gets through the Red Sea. They get to this base of this mountain called Mount Sinai. And this is where the Ten Commandments are introduced to Moses. Moses brings him down to the base of the mountain, and he delivers these, these commandments. Now, this stuff is found in the Torah, or the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If you want to know where they are, just go to the beginning of the Bible. It's the first five books. Isn't that easy? God made it easy. You want to know the law, the Torah, what they learned as Jewish kids. That's where they learned it. It's in the first five books of the Old Testament. Now, what most people call these, Jews would call these, and most people would call it would be the law. They would call it translated the law or the Torah, but it's actually a terrible translation. Honestly, a better translation is instruction. Everybody say instruction. God was trying to teach a, a people without a constitution, without a government, without a, without a king, come on, without any governing body, who were slaves for 430 years, who didn't make a decision about their life on how to live. And God is so good that he introduces this instruction to them. In fact, Galatians chapter 3 actually says it's a schoolmaster or a guardian that you might look at the Torah or the law or his rules as the test. They weren't. They were the answers. He was trying to get you to realize that it has nothing to do with there is no mention of heaven in Exodus. These rules weren't about you getting into heaven. These rules were about something bigger. In fact, most people think that the rules were about making bad people good. That's how you and I think about it. But it was about keeping free people free. I'm going to say that again. You, you and I see the rules often of God as making bad people good. I'm bad. If I do the rules, I become good. 
But God's intent on the law was to make free people and keep free people free. Remember, he had just freed them. They were now released and free in Christ. And so as we look at the scriptures today, I want you to keep this principle in mind. What's true for the children of Israel is true for us. It's a principle we can look at. What's true for the prisoners? Here's why you know that. Because they were people of God. Who are people of God? Anybody? Person of God in here? Anybody? By show of hand? Anybody? 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 Okay, okay, good. Okay, good. So we can look at the children of Israel and go, oh, what's true for them is true for us. Okay? Exodus chapter 20. That's the backdrop. So now you know what we're talking about before we even get into the Ten Commandments. Isn't that good? All right. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, and it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, remember at the base of Mount Sinai, Moses is delivering. He's about to deliver the Ten Commandments. And before he even gives you the first one, he says, I am the Lord your God. Pause. This must have confused Moses. I imagine Moses being like, wait a minute, God, what, you mean um, like the God, right? Like the. It's not, you're, you're not my God. The, the God, right? No, no. God had it right. He said, no, I'm your God. Before God gives you the rules, he establishes relationship. Yours, yours is an intimate word. It's a relational word. Like, I am yours and you are mine. We do that in Valentine's Day, don't we? Come on, like the little Valentine's hearts. Be, be what? Be, be mine, right? Be mine. I am yours. You probably wrote a really nice Valentine's card. Come on, to your significant other, to your lady, to your man. And you were like, you're, you're mine forever and ever and ever. And you use words and language like that. This is relational language he's using. And it's confusing to these people because ancient Israelites, especially these people, they didn't know anything about a relational God. They knew territorial gods. They knew fertility gods. They knew crop gods. They knew gods that were man gods like Pharaoh. They didn't know personal gods. They knew impersonal gods. In fact, that's all they knew. So when God comes down and says something like, I am your God, it made no sense to them. And what's funny about that right now, 2,000, some thousand, several thousand years later, we, we still have the same problem. Because when God says, I'm your God, you and I still think, well, you mean the God. And he's like, no, I didn't stutter. No, I'm your God. And he establishes two truths about rules and relationship. The first one is this, is that um, uh, uh, relationships and that, that, that rules always follow relationship. Rules always follow relationship. Here's why. You, you don't make rules for my kids. Why not? Because they, they, they ain't yours. They're my kids. You know who makes rules for my kids? Me. Why? Because I'm in a relationship with them. And you might want to make rules for my kids because sometimes they act crazy and all the children's workers said amen. But, but like, you don't make rules for my kids and I don't make rules for your kids. And sometimes I really want to. The other day, uh, I'm a couple, a woman, remember, do you remember when you can go into a Chick-fil-A and a restaurant and actually sit down with your kids, right? Do you remember that? It's a long time ago, I know. But uh, I remember one time I was sitting in Chick-fil-A and I'm sitting with my kids and I'm eating and there's these little kids on the other side of like our area and no lie, they were throwing ketchup packets up in my table. And they're like throwing them right into my table. I'm like, and the parent's sitting right there and she's up on her phone. I'm like, I wanna help her. I really wanna help her and, 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 and share with her my rules for my kids. 
But I've realized I couldn't do that in that moment. Why? Because I didn't have a relationship with those kids. They didn't know who I was. And I do not give, you do not give rules without relationship. That's a critical part of what you need to understand about God. That God would not give you rules unless he what? Already established relationship. And yet you and I go into it thinking unless we follow the rules, we don't have relationship. Do you see the difference? And it kind of can throw you off. And if you don't realize that you don't, rules always follow relationship, it inevitably leads you to the second issue that you have. And the second law of it really is that rules without relationship always result in rebellion. It's, it's, it's why if you don't believe this, go try to watch someone and babysit someone else's kids. Because I've done it before. I've actually, you know, we're like watching kids. My wife and I were watching them. Like, hey, you don't do that. And they always, they, come on, they always say that same statement. Like, you ain't my dad. I'm like, right? And what you want to do is you want to let them know, like, I don't care. You're going to follow my rules. But inside of them, their nature is that you don't have a relationship with me. And because we don't have a relationship, why should I ever follow your rules? And rules without relationship always result in rebellion. See our country's history. What was it? Taxation without representation. The reason the rebellion happened is because you can't take something and ask something from me without having a relationship in the process. It doesn't work like that in the human condition. And God knew that because he created you. And so I'm going to say something that's going to ultimately bother you if you're a religious person. This is the crux. This is my thesis statement. You ready? Hang on. You don't need to follow the rules to have a relationship with God. Now, I know that you're like, hang on, pastor. I mean, come on. Don't be telling people that because they're going to act crazy. I mean, don't be just don't don't give people out like you don't give them the get out of jail free card. You don't do that. I mean, because if you did that, they might do something bad. They need to know the rules. And if they know the rules and if they just follow the rules and they're just then they won't act crazy. And I always laugh because I always think like, OK, so. You know the rules, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you break them? Well, yeah, but, but, okay, so maybe your theory's wrong. Maybe your theory that you need to know the rules and follow the rules to have a relationship with God is actually inaccurate. Because if you go back to the law of the first mention, when the law was actually introduced, what God starts off with was relationship. As he says, here, listen, before we even get into the rules, because they're important, but they have nothing to do with you being in a relationship with me. I'm already your king. I'm already, you're all, here's what's so cool about it, okay? So if you've been waiting to get into the relationship with God, like you're one of those first people who are like, I don't want to be a Christian because I can't follow all the rules, you have an in now. God gave you an in. He said, oh, you can't follow the rules? That's okay. I love you. How about that? Okay, I just love you for free, and then we'll go from there. What do you think? That's really how he talks. Because the law of the first mention goes, wait a minute, before you, you introduce any rules into the people of God, remember and remind them that I already love them, and they're already in, and we're already family, and it's all good already. Isn't that so good? Like, God's that cool. Like, he's that amazing. And so anytime you start to look at the rules of God, remember, it had nothing to do with you getting into heaven. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with you from him loving you. Because if you did, we'd all be in some major league trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, 
You don't need to follow the rules to get in a relationship, and then it gets better. We're going to keep going because we've only read part of one verse. Exodus chapter 20, and he says, I'm the Lord your God. And then he goes, he goes this, who brought you out of Egypt and the land of slavery. So first he claims them as his own, right? And then he reminds them of what he's already done. Now, this is huge for them because when he says something to slaves, I brought you out of Egypt. Do you know what came to their mind? You know what came to their mind? The years of torture. The, 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 the 10 plagues. The Passover. The parting of the Red Sea. Come on. The, the pillar of, 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 of fire and the clouds. Come on. Like the leading, the feeding the, the, the Israelites when there was no food in the desert, like manna appearing out of nowhere. God was saying, listen, you, you got to first start and know that I'm in a relationship with you, that I love you already, regardless of who you are and what you think you can do for me, which, by the way, I need nothing from you. I just want to be in a relationship with you. And then he says, remember, I've already loved you. Not only do I love you, but I've been loving you for longer than you can remember. He says, actually, I've been your God for a long time. And I want to show you, remind you, what I did for you before. He reminds us that it's actually a part of his plan. And the reason he does that is because he knows that if you give people rules, they're always suspicious. Have you ever been like that? Like somebody gives you a rule about doing something in your life? You're kind of suspicious of them a little bit. And he says, here's what you got to do. You got to remember, it's all about trusting me that I want something for you and not something from you. My son the other day, Judah, he... I walked outside. We were playing outside, and we're all in the street and uh, in the front of our yard, and uh, we're playing and stuff like that, and the kids are going back and forth. And I looked down to uh, get my uh, sparkling water, and I picked it up, and I drink in my sparkling water, and I looked up, and he's laying, no doubt, like he's starfishing in the street on the ground, <laughs> like in the middle of the street. And I was like, what do you think I did as a dad? I, I, you know, I, you know I'm, like, I'm a godly person. I screamed at him, you know. <laughs> I get out of the street. And he looked up and he goes, and he, he, he put his head back down and laid in the street. I said, <laughs> you know, because like at some point, like I'm a Christian, but like at some point, like I'll tell somebody like, like you feel like, do you, do you ever feel like when you're talking to your kids, your Christianity like just leaks? <laughs> Does anybody else's Christianity leak with them when they're kids? Like ain't nobody can get me to not be a Christian more than my children. And so I'm like, rebellion, you know? I instantly think, he heard me. He doesn't care about me. He thinks I'm dumb. I'm going to go let him have it, right? Like, I'm going to give him the business. And so I walk up. I'm like, son, you better get up on that extra. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, my neighbors must think I'm just the crazy one on the corner. Like, oh, there's that crazy one. You know, I don't tell them I'm a pastor because I'm like, I don't know. Well, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. So anyway, I... But, but he's in the street, and I'm like, get up out the street. And he goes, he runs over here, and he, I mean, you would have thought he had the meanest mug face. He's like. I'm like, what? He goes, Dad, I was having fun. Trying to lay in the street. Why don't you let me be me? I'm like, go get your mother. You know, it's like, you know, I just, I see you want to pass him off. Like, go get your mama. I'm like, son, that's dangerous. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm having fun, dad. And I go, do you realize that we have a rule that you can't lay in the street? He goes, I know that rule. I just don't like it. I said, listen. <laughs> you know, by this time, I'm, I'm red, right? I'm stressed. I'm sweating. It's raining. I, like, I'm, it's cold outside. I'm sweating. 
And I'm like, hey, like, there's a reason I have a rule. It's for, he goes, you're just trying to take my fun away. I said, oh. I said, what if that's wrong? What if I'm trying to protect you? And I just need you to, he goes, well, I don't know if I even agree with that. I said, well, I need you to do one thing. I, I just need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. God's rules are always about trust. He realizes that and he knows and he recognizes that the only way you're going to follow them is if you trust him. The reason he brings up your past is because you and I need to trust God. And the only way that you and I can really, really, really trust God is you need to go back and remember when God was faithful to you before. So, so sometimes God's going to ask you to do something, and he's going to introduce you to a new rule or a new thing in life. And he's going to give you a new strategy and a new strength and a new way to stretch you. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to go, no, God, I like laying in the street. <laughs> and he's going to allow some things to happen in your life. And you're going to be crying, and you're going to be mad at him. And you know what you're going to need to do? You're going to need to remember. Do you remember? I'm done. You remember? You remember when, you, do, you, do you remember when you were doing like the crazy of life? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, somebody came into your life and he told you about God. And, and you came to God and you thought God would judge you and you thought you had to follow the rules and then all of a sudden you were loved by him and you were welcomed into this family and you didn't even get a chance to be good. Do you remember? You need to remember and remind yourself, if you're physically sick right now, you need to go back and remember the time when God healed you before. Hey, if you're mad about your job right now, you need to go back and remember when you didn't have no job and you were praying for God to bring you a miracle of money and provision and you didn't have anything, a leg to stand on and all of a sudden you had a job. You need to go back and remember when God was faithful before. You need to remember like when, 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 um, when, when, when do you remember like when you just did, for those of you who serve in this church, like you didn't realize that church would, could be this fun and you thought if I could just get a little more Christian, then I can pass out um, the communion or I can help somebody park a car or I can watch a child and help them know God and I could just but I just got to be a little bit more Christian and do you remember then you got invited into it and you were like but I'm not good yet and the, and the people of God were like that's okay neither are we pastors barely saved if he's barely saved then we're gonna be all right and so like you were just happy do you you got to remind yourself of is there anybody who remembers is there anybody who remembers who you were and when God wasn't real until he was real and do you remember where you were and what life was like and when things weren't ready and good and then he came into your life and all of a sudden life started to make sense do you remember you got to remind yourself because when God asks you to do something that you don't understand, you're going to have to trust him. And the only way to trust him is to remember. And so he establishes relationship and then he reminds us of his faithfulness. And we start to realize the whole point of the rules that you don't have rules without relationship and grace. That law, the law and the Torah of God was all an extension of the goodness of God. So you can't read the Ten Commandments in a vacuum. You got to read verse one. You can't jump into verse three, by the way, they're found in verse three. So go back. Here's my homework for you today, this week. Go read the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse three. But don't read them without chapter, verse one and verse two. 
Don't you read them without understanding and realizing why God put them on this earth. That his rules were not a condition of relationship. If you're going to tweet something, you're going to write something down or get a tattoo. You put this on your body. Say, God's rules were not a condition of relationship. They were a confirmation of relationship. They were saying, you're already my son. You're already my daughter. I already love you. And because I love you, you should follow these rules. Because they give you an insight to my value system. Which, by the way, if you go back and read the Ten Commandments, I should teach on them sometime. But the first four were about your relationship with God. The last six were about your relationship with others. And what does Jesus say when he's on this earth? He says all the law and the commandments are summarized into two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second is like it. Come on. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, he says you got to understand that the whole point of all those things was to show you you can't actually do them. And so what it leads you to ask the question inevitably is you go, well, if I can't actually do them, then why did you give them to me? Oh, because you need Jesus. And so God sends Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice to not abolish the law, to fulfill it. So my prayer for you today is that you see it clearly, that you would understand that the God of the universe gave us rules. Don't follow him to get into his world. Don't follow him to get him to love you. He already does. We follow them because his rules were the perfect way of living, were God's people's instruction. What did I say about it earlier? They were, they were God. He was trying to give them a constitution. He was saying, here, this is why we don't. You want to know why you shouldn't kill someone? Because it dishonors people. The reason you shouldn't steal from someone is because it dishonors people. The reason you don't have more or other gods before me, it dishonors God. Do you see the pattern? And, and when you do that, you don't get the best life. You don't get blessing. Blessing is always the result of us planting good seed and good soil. Come on. So my hope for you today is that you would think of every rule that God gives you, moves us towards his grace, not away from it. And I pray that if the rules of God kept you from relationship with him, that today you'd give him a chance and recognize you're already in.